Your Say on London's Biggest Conversation with Steve Allen, LBC 97.3. I'm a, I'm a stranger. I've got no idea. Anyway, nice to be company. Oh, Morning, everybody. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> you just had four hours. <laughs> Give it a break. I'm not in a good mood. Why? Remember yesterday we were talking about the new burgers that are mm-hmm. out yeah. in Tesco. Oh, yes. And you yeah. put them in a toaster. Oh, that, that, oh, I don't know about that. Yes, they're special burgers. They, they don't nice? leak anything. You know, normally you cook a burger yeah. and the fat comes out. Well, on this yeah. one it doesn't. Oh, yeah. Did you have one? So I go to Tesco, walked all the way to Richmond. God. Like Sherpa Tensing, you know. Yeah, uh, I get to Richmond. Like Desert and I, Orchid. Uh, exactly, a bit like Desert, a bit, bit, <laughs> a bit like Arkle. <laughs> yeah. and, or not quite like Arkle. And, and I'm walking around and I find the beef burger section. Mm-hmm. I, find, I find the veggie burger section, which is for vegetarians, because they like beef burgers, but they want them to look like beef burgers, but not taste like beef mm-hmm. burgers. Uh, and then we find the other burger. I can't find these things. Now, you would think, having had a huge write-up in the sun yesterday, a huge thing on, available from Tesco's, this, that, they're one eighty nine for two, Tesco's would have pulled all their stops out and gone berserk and told all the staff, listen, today... People it's are going to come day. in and ask for burgers. It's burger day. Well, Tesco's were so stupid, I asked one bloke, I said, excuse me, I'm looking for the burgers, you know, that you put in the toaster. And he looked at me blankly and went, uh, the burger's around there. I said, <coughs> I've had a look. I said, these are the burgers that, that you Go put in a toaster. toaster. He must have thought, if you'd not heard of them, he must have thought you were Didn't mad. the faintest idea what I was talking about. <laughs> not a bloody clue. <laughs> and it made me think then, either the manager at Tesco's is the biggest buffoon going... So where have they advertised it? Well, the whole, there was a whole, there was a two-page piece in The Sun yesterday on, first of all, a review of where you get them from, yeah. and then a review of what they tasted like. Oh, and you'd think that the Tesco manager, being maybe a little bit intelligent in Richmond, would have said to the staff, listen, today, if anybody asks about these burgers, we haven't got any. Hmm. Or tell them something. Not a th- this bloke didn't have the or, faintest or idea. Better still, maybe, have some. Yeah, <laughs> yes, actually get them in. That would have you been know, a better Try and solution. be a little bit intelligent. <laughs> do, do you, nothing. Did, could you ever find that? I used to find that as well, but the, 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 when I was younger, you'd always be really excited that, that, that there'd be an advert for a new breakfast cereal. Mm. As you'd rush down to the supermarket, and then it would take them another month to get it in. It used to mm. drive me mad. But why is it that staff think you're stupid. So you go to somebody and you go, I'm looking for these burgers, and they then take you round to where you've just looked, assuming that you're blind and you haven't got the faintest idea what you're looking for. It's like saying, I'm looking for tomatoes, and they go, they're round, I'll show you where they are. And you go, no, I've seen them. You know, <laughs> I'm not that thick. But you thought, it, I mean, if I'd been the manager, I'd have looked through the paper and gone, wow, what a great advert for us, for these burgers. Steve Allen talked about it on his programme yesterday. There's obviously going to be interest. Mm. Staff, not a bloody clue. Not a oh, clue. Well. Maybe a hey, really sloppy. I think we've seen a marketing opportunity though. Perhaps the loose women could uh, bring out some food products as well. Would you eat a loose woman burger? No. Have you seen the size of the loose women? I mean, they're like, they're stick thin. Although I did see a thing the other day, and it's not made the papers today, of Denise uh, Welsh snogging the face off two boys again. Oh. She's so cheap. I mean, really, you know, Perhaps Denise, doing charity stop, work. stop drinking, love. It really, it's not doing any good. <laughs> you know, try and cut back, try and be an adult, stop trying to be a little bit of a lush. Mm. Or a big bit of a lush. Yeah, she is a bit, isn't she? She is. It's, it's too embarrassing, you know, for somebody of that age. Stop drinking, mm. stop embarrassing yourself. Well, you just look silly. Well, exactly, which is why I'm glad to hear you've stopped drinking. I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> after after the snogging the face off two randoms you've decided to stop drinking i don't do snogging you know some no. people do snogging i'm not a snogging he doesn't i can vouch for that i, I know he's always saying should we go for a group um, i don't no. think so i don't i'm not group I'm not, hug. Even, not even group hug um 
Because, uh, you know... I'm, I'm not very tactile. I know you're not. I've tried to hug you in the morning I know, before, and I don't, I've, I'm actually not, physically recoiled. I do physically you recoil. Do. I, I, but I, I forget that sometimes, because I'm quite a huggy person. I like a hug. Give me your Greek. And I'll go up and I'll be I've like, got oh. Greek friends, and they do try and do huggies, and I go, I really don't... I'm not... Some people are good at it, and mm. I'm not. And I think it goes back to childhood. Shall we have one now? No. No, so no, the, no. You actually physically move back when I suggest that. Yeah, you know, because that... I, I just don't understand why somebody would want to do that. Because it's nice. We could just hold each other. Yeah, but why? Because it would be nice. Yeah, nice for who? Feeling each other's warmth. I don't want to feel your warmth. I don't want to do hugs. Oh. I don't, because I, I think you might press your body into mine. And, frank, <laughs> and frankly, it's, I'm feeling a little bit queasy. <laughs> but I think it goes back to childhood. It's because I was sent away to school at an early oh. age, nine. You see, so I didn't get that bond, whereas you obviously quite clearly bonded with at least half of your family, I should imagine. <laughs> you look, you look, look up and down like, of a, them. like I've eaten them. <laughs> Couldn't possibly comment. No, I, I, I do get, I'm a very cuddly yeah. person. I do sometimes want to, want to sort of... You've given me a hug before. You have given me a hug before, but very rarely. I don't remember that. Yeah. When, I'll, I'll check back in the diary. When, when was it that? It was after your show. Oh, after the show. Yeah, you ah, gave that, me a that's hug different. after oh, That's different, because I was then on a high. Oh, OK. Okay. Oh, after the show at the Mermaid. Yeah, after yes, the show yes, at the Mermaid. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you gave me a hug and thanked me for coming. Yes. Which was which was almost it was amazing. Let's not go there. Let's not <laughs> go there. It was uh, that was where you lost weight. That was the show that we had. Look, I brought strawberries. I'm not eating them. Too much fructose. Oh, and is there? Oh, too right. Much, okay. Too much sugar. So these are American. I'm sure they not are. A, not a calorie in them. I think they are. They might be. No, I'm afraid. Calories. I'm afraid that I will take my body out of ketosis, which will mean that I stop burning up my own body fat, and I shall start burning the sugar and the carbohydrates that I eat in the fruit. So therefore, I must maintain my ketogenic state, Should which is asked. the state of ketosis. It's very interesting, actually. It's just it's very, out. very interesting. Do you have speedos to wear on holiday? Of course. You do wear speedos. No, I don't. Wear oh, I was going to say. At what age do you stop wearing speedos? If you're I a Russian know. man, it's about seventy. You know, well, you're but, not uh, the first co- person I've had this conversation with in the last twenty-four hours. And, but when do you stop wearing speedos? I don't know. When At do you start age wearing is... speedos? Well, I used to. I used to. Well, because when I was younger, I had knitted, um, knitted speedos, knitted swing trunks. A lot of young boys did of, of my age. Okay. Because they, they weren't commercial, so your parents knitted them, which mm. was great. Great, until you went into the sea and you came out and you discovered that your crotch was actually down on the sand. <laughs> which was very exciting because they... Which isn't the first time for you. <laughs> or the last. And they, and they stretched. Oh, dear. No, and I, then I... people got sort of proper trunks, mm. but they were all the same. There weren't, I think, I can remember a, distinctly a pair of blue. For some reason, blue. They go blue because you're in the sea. You can't wear Speedos unless you've got a really good physique. I really don't think you can. Simon Cowell's pictured in Speedos. Ha- is he? Not recently, but he did a few years ago wear them. Everybody wore them. They were quite... Well, um, I, th- well I think they, they actually made a bit of a comeback in recent years. Like, yeah. David Beckham was wearing them. Quite a few footballers were started wearing them, but they've got the physique for it. I wear shorts. If you've got because you of, have the physique of a Toby Jack. Because if you, if, you, if you have a belly, you need to wear shorts. Yeah. You do. You need to and then shorts. you pull it really up high. No, no, no. I have it below my belly because that, that, that looks better. Oh, re- yeah. oh, you think so? No, it does. I suggest what you do. When you do go on holiday, you yes. take the picture and send it in. Oh, and well, then no, you'll we have it on the be... website within minutes. I'm not, I'm not stupid. I would put it up on the website. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Yeah. There might be pictures of me on Facebook, topless, I think. Really? Yeah. Oh. They don't look like that. Not really. You look like you're giving me the look that I give you when I try and hug you. It's the same. I know. Look. It's the same. I know. The hugging thing's funny, isn't it? Some people are really good for hugs. Mm. I will. I will. Aren't. One morning, I will hold you before you go on air. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> no, I, no. It's 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 really not me. It's nice. Thank you. You know, bless you for caring. <laughs> I'm just worried. You know, you might think it's a relationship or something, and I'm not thinking that. Well, you know, I'm kind of thinking scared. Have a strawberry. Yeah. You know? 
scared have two strawberries. It's like, it's like I'm a bear or something. You've got to fend me off no, with no, food. No, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking best because I've, I've been down that path before where I've been nice to people and they've misinterpreted. Yeah, OK, fair you enough. You know, I think yeah. if you're nice, you know, you give them a strawberry, next thing I want to move in. Yeah, no, that's true. And so I, I don't do that kind of thing anymore. Well, I, you know, I know I'm not allowed in your flat. I, I can hang around outside. I can watch you going in and leaving it because I know that you went to Richmond yesterday at uh, about two p.m. Well, actually, about four minutes past two, and you were there. It's for nowhere it. near four no. minutes past two. <laughs> <laughs> you just honestly, this psycho babble, this rubbish you come up with, was nowhere near two hey, o'clock. You've built a career on that. <laughs> it's true, actually. I don't know. Is it a career though? Is it a career? Does it become a career after a certain amount of time that you've been doing it? Mm. Well, I hope so. I mean, somebody I, told you... me I'd mellowed the other. Day. Oh, I don't think you have. Well, I thought I had in a little way. Well, you, you, you've mellowed. I think well, I don't li- get. I don't get the mellow side of you every morning when I'm told how fat I am. Well, that's yeah, but that's just norm. That's just being honest. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's not, not being anything. That's being honest. You are fat. You know you're fat, and that's why you're losing weight. <laughs> if, if you weren't losing weight to go on holiday, hmm. and how many weeks you got? Three <laughs> weeks today. Cutting it fine. I, I know that. You could be stretched into a gastric band. In I, about well, I was thinking that. Have you thought about such that? such a good idea, though. Have you thought about just having liquids? Well, that's, what, that's all I am having. <laughs> oh, is it? You're not having no, solids? No, I am, I, am, I am having solids. But I'm, 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 I'm yeah. just having quite a lot of And protein. all of this is OK. I was talking, strangely enough, I was talking to a, a friend of mine the other day, and she's got a friend hmm. who split up with his partner, hmm. so decided to go round the world. Right. So gets as far as America hmm. and goes, I quite like it here. I'm staying here. So stays, finds another partner. Oh. And set up house together. Oh. Everything. Got a Porsche. Oh. In, all in this in less than a few months. Wow. Thought I've been here for years, I haven't got a Porsche. No. Well, you've got a Bentley, though. Yeah, but that's, yeah but that's different, I mean, for goodness sake. Yeah. Yeah, they'll bury you in that Bentley, I've said it before. I do bloody well hope so. <laughs> it's definitely coming with me, it's not tax deductible. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want that. But anyway, you think, that's quite nice. Anyway, great I'm to see you. Now. You don't want to take a strawberry? I'm not taking anything. Not a club biscuit? Club biscuit? No, stop trying to feed me. Orange club. They're lovely. I love they are orange clubs. clubs. I've, got, I've got the fruit and nut ones as well. <gasps> no, I'm not having any. Oh, OK. Thank okay. you. Fair enough. You know. But I mustn't. Yeah, OK. Otherwise, who's going to look at my figure? Well, where you're going, not many people, I shouldn't think. <laughs> Off he goes into the wilderness, which is Leicester Square. Actually, I peered out the window earlier on, and there were four policemen. They were walking all the way around the, uh, the square... And they were having a peer in to see what the inside of the square looks like. And I, I felt like opening the window saying, come up here, because then you can see it from the top. And it, it looks like a bomb has hit the interior of the square. They're sort of doing all, you know, the bits. They've sort of started digging up. The paving stones have all gone. There's rubble all over the place. They've boarded up the trees. The fountain is in the middle. What it's going to look like at the end, I've got no idea. We've got to wait till next year, I think 2012, when it's going to be finished. I was looking back at some early pictures of Leicester Square... And uh, it used to be all grassed and all open. There were no railings around it at all. It used to look fantastic. Really used to look fantastic. So I hope it looks the same very, very shortly. Quick time check for you. It's Wednesday morning. It's 5.15. These are the headlines. It's day two of the Queen's visit to Dublin. Later, Her Majesty will tour the sporting venue Croke Park, the site of a British massacre of Irish civilians. Yesterday, 21 people were arrested protesting at her visit, the first by a British monarch in 100 years. A British man wanted over an £800 million cocaine empire has been arrested in Spain after an international search for him. 33-year-old Jamie Dempsey from Essex is one of ten most wanted suspected criminals hiding in the so-called Costa del Crime. And Arnold Schwarzenegger has admitted having a child with a member of staff more than ten years ago, and that's why he split with his wife. Maria Shriver moved out of their home earlier in the year after he told her he's apologised for the hurt he caused. Let's have a check on the... <laughs> 
James Whale. Normally we get the phone call Thursday, and Sunday we get a phone call as well as he goes off into the woods to play Robin Hood. He goes off to do his uh, bow and arrow. <laughs> He's quite mad, you know. He's quite mad. Uh, Dan says, no burgers at Tesco's Twickenham Rugby Ground. Isn't it? You would have thought. I mean, I don't want to point out to Tesco how to do, you know, how to capitalise on publicity. But so much publicity yesterday on these burgers that you, that you pop in a toaster and at one eighty nine for two and they got four stars. You would think every Tesco in the land would be falling over themselves to make sure they were in there and have big promotions of them so people can try them. So Dan goes out can't get them at, and that's a big one at the uh, at the rugby ground in uh, in Witten didn't have them in Richmond in fact I didn't even know what they were in Richmond in fact I shouldn't I shouldn't imagine I knew what they were why don't the management in the morning have a word with the line managers as you would do and say so and so it's like here Paul Stevenson comes on LBCSE. Everybody knows about it. Everybody talks about it and says Paul Stevenson is coming on the Met Commissioner. He's going to say something about Madeleine McCann, which he did, and it's made all the papers. You know, that's how it works. And if something's in the papers, and it's not like they don't read papers at Tesco, I should imagine most of the staff would read The Sun. They'd see the item in there. you think somebody would take an interest in finding out, you know, why they don't have the burgers, or failing that. If somebody comes in and goes, have you got these? You go, do you know, we have. They're just round here. Or put a big display up there. You, that's, that's how... That's advertising. I don't quite understand why, why they'd be so lax in not knowing about that kind of thing. Really ruined my day, actually. It's only because, you know, you think that's the manager's job. Unless managers now just wander around with their noses stuck up in the air and haven't got the faintest idea what's going on. But they should know. They should absolutely know. Very annoying, isn't it? No more going near McDonald's in the morning, Dan. We went to McDonald's yesterday because we started talking about burgers, so we got a bit hungry. So we went for two sausage and egg McMuffins and a hash brown. He says only one hash brown. I find it difficult to believe that somebody would actually order one hash brown. Even I've been known to order um, two or four. <laughs> in fact, I have actually been down to a three, which isn't... Uh, which, anyway, you mentioned Tesco's, but my son was starting nursery, so I went to Tesco's in Cheshunt. Cheshunt, says Paul. And uh, looking for a clothes peg, a clo- or clothes pen, so I could write his name on the clothes. Um, I asked at customer information desk, and they said, we don't sell them, why don't you try somewhere like Sainsbury's? I replied, but this is somewhere like Sainsbury's. It's a supermarket. Yes, I've seen... That's right, you get these pens where you can write your name, don't you, on the, on the thing. You know, you can put Bins Minor or something, or Paul, Paul Junkbottom or something, and you write it on there, and then you can wash them, and it's still got their name on the clothes. Because I think it, it cropped up the other week. I was watching An Only Fools and Horses, and Rodney had his name written in his, in his Mac, and that's how his girlfriend, potential girlfriend, knew that it was his. And he said, how do you know that's mine? Because it looks the same as yours. She said, because your name's written on the inside. And they'd written Rodney Trotter inside <laughs> with one of those pens. We used to get labels. Did you have labels at school? We had labels, I think, from, from caches. And you'd get a whole packet of them with your name on, you know, Steve or whatever it happened to be. And then you'd, you'd put them on, you'd iron them on. And then that, that would be all your clothes. Because when I went away to school, all your clothes, otherwise you'd lose them. All your pants had your name in, your sock. For some of your socks had your name in as well. Can't imagine why. And, uh, and, it, was, and it was good. I remember all those late... You could probably still buy them. I reckon there are people all the length and breadth of the land going, do you know, I remember labels. I remember labels. Oh, goody, goody. The Daily Express today. It's a free sandwich. Now, let's see... Wait a minute. Cut out the voucher. A free sandwich from Greg's, worth up to £2.85. So that's nice. So for students listening, this is your free sandwich for today. Now, let's have a quick look and find out what they're expecting. Yep, they're expecting the same as they did yesterday, which is they want your name, postcode, what they're doing. They're building a database, OK? 
Uh, they also want how often do you shop at Greg's? And if you're over 18 and would like to receive future marketing communications, it's a baker's. Why would you want to receive a communication? Today we've launched chicken asparagus lattice. Come and get it now with a free can of Coca-Cola. You know, that kind of stuff. So my advice is, same as yesterday, put, 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 put anybody's name on there and just make up a postcode. Because the staff aren't going to be standing there checking them. OK, so you, because otherwise you don't want to be pestered by, by rubbish things, do you? You do not want to be pestered by rubbish things. And then you can get your free bloomer sandwich, which sounds quite nice. Uh, they also do, well, they do Earl Grey tea in Greg's. Come very upmarket, hasn't it? That's me thinking it was just cheap student food. But they've got the tuna crunch bloomer. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? The tuna crunch bloomer. Or the honey ham hero bloomer. People really go in and say, can I have a honey ham hero bloomer? Do they really think students can manage to get that many words out? Or the chicken teriyaki bloomer which has got chicken breast coated in teriyaki-style marinade and sweet onion-flavoured sauce with red onion slices, lettuce and on white bloomer bread. That sounds quite attractive, doesn't it? Although my favourite would be the classic ham, cheese and pickle bloomer, containing slices of ham and mature cheddar cheese with a sweet pickle on brown bread. I think I should start doing adverts for brown bread and for, for, and for Greg's. <laughs> What's the other one they've got here? Oh, this is nice. The sweet chilli chicken bloomer. Chargrill flavoured chicken pieces with sweet chilli sauce, red onion and mixed leaf lettuce on white bloomer bread. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? I think it's the way you say bread. Bread. I think there's, some, there's something nice about bread. And we don't make great bread. Although yesterday, ha, Mariosh, my hairdresser, came back and he bought... And I, th- these rolls look so lovely. I said, where did you get those from? He said, I got them from Belmont's, which is the baker's in Twickenham. And they were lovely. They were sort of big... They look semi-crusty rolls, but with, ca- <coughs> excuse me, caraway seed on the top. They look delicious. And I looked at those, and I thought, now, Steve, who made a fantastic birthday cake for me, and, and I thought, I didn't know they did these big rolls. I generally go in and buy, they do six rolls for a pound, I think. And I love crusty rolls. You can't beat crusty rolls with butter and cheese and pickle. Delicious. Delicious. Uh, we found another uh, uh, a disabled sponger. This one... Unbelievable. I mean, you know, it's that, as you heard earlier on, because Christo told you the front page headline on The Sun is Big Fat Gypsy Wallets. It's a bunch of Roma gypsies from Romania who fly into the country, thieve the benefits, they make up children, they make up all sorts of scams, and they fly out again, and they do this constantly. They fly into the country because they're taking the money home. When they stopped at a couple of them, some uh, ugly old bag here called Radu, who was thieving left, right and centre, she had £11,000 in euros on her. They were just coming in, going getting the benefit cheques, cashing them, taking the money back to Romania and, and sort of driving around in BMWs. The mayor of the town, quite clearly in on the old scam, said, well, I, d- I never thought to ask where the money came from. I thought, they're Roma gypsies and they're driving BMWs. Where do you think the bloody money's coming from? You can't be that thick. So they're here. They've all been jailed, incidentally. The whole gang has been jailed for between uh, four years and 12 months, I think. There's about six of them. They're the tip of the iceberg, because there's another bloke here. This is, I mean, this one, even beggars... Be- you won't even believe this one. This is a guy called Timothy Harris. He's, uh, he's a benefit fraud. He claimed that he couldn't leave his home without a walking stick because a wall fell on him. All right? So he's, he's 46. He's perfectly able to walk. OK? He's a crook. Not only is he a crook for this... He's got history. This one's got history as well. And yet still we managed to hand out £21,000 in benefits. He's paying it back at £18 a week. Well, just take everything away from him. Take everything away. And the only reason they discovered, because they're a bit thick in the benefits office, that he was actually a crook, is because he was caught brawling with police when he was high on cocaine 
and drugs on New Year's Eve. Uh, he punched a police officer, a WPC, uh, as a team of ten policemen tried to arrest him. Given a suspended sentence for a fray, but he's only just come out of prison for manslaughter. He was jailed for five years for manslaughter. Since 1984, this piece of filth has had 21 convictions for 22 offences, including burglary, violence and drugs offences. And he's paying back £18 a week. Small wonder people absolutely come over here and laugh their way through the benefits system. It's so simple and they can't tighten out. Why? Because there's so many people working within the system who are as bent as the people who are claiming it. Otherwise, you'd see these people. I mean, this man here arrives at court with a bag, quite clearly expecting another jail sentence. And, um, and uh, he's been jailed now for 15 months. But it's not long enough. I mean, this, this gypsy gang who stole 800,000 quid, I'd have sent them in for 15 years. What's the point of jailing one of them for 12 months? There's a picture of them. They're all pictured here. The father, crooked Ion Stoika, a right bent one if ever you saw him, uh, Adrian Radu, and his wife. My God, I tell you, isn't it? If ever any, spend the money on surgery, love. Spend it on surgery. And uh, she was caught at the airport. Three times, in and out. Three times. They had £1,500 and £11,500 worth of euros in cash, plus receipts for paid-in benefits checks. One of them, living in Romania, got 29,000 quid. It's that simple to do. So for all of you listening, all of you pensioners, thinking, but I don't get anything at all, you need to learn from these bent Romanian gangs. That's what they do. They thieve benefits, or that bloke has just been sent to prison. Ridiculous. Didn't take her long to appear on television, Imogen Thomas who denied blackmailing the uh, former footballer. I said yesterday, the whole story is so far-fetched, it can't be that straightforward. Cannot be that straightforward. But yesterday, everybody said she was a blackmailer. If the story had panned out as everybody thought, well then, yes, quite clearly, she was a blackmailer. But I said, there's no evidence to suggest that's just what the judge had decided. Unless he's seen evidence that we haven't. She said... Uh, I'm, I'm a Christian. What this has got to do with it, I've got no idea. She said, I mean, but it's, it's, it's good to throw it in, isn't it? I'm a Christian, and I will swear on the Bible that, uh, that I didn't ask for money. So, so how did they hear that, that this story was going to come about? You know, somebody has to leak a story that you'd had a fling with a premiership footballer, who everybody seems to know about, but if she names him, she goes to prison for up to seven years. And to be honest with you, it does seem a bit rich that because he's got the 100,000 and can take out the super injunction, she can't say anything. Why she'd want to talk about a fling, I've got no idea. I thought, if anything, she'd have been terribly embarrassed. Not her first fling, you know, with somebody famous. You know, about time, why don't you get a proper job, Imogen? Get a proper job, and that way people might start to respect you. LBC 97.3 LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to 6. Why is it when I look at an advert on the television? I was looking at one the other day, and it was for a Burger King burger. Sorry, Chris, to keep talking about food. He's a bit upset, because if you talk about food, his stomach's not rumbling. And, um... And it was this advert, and it looked delicious. You know, the burger, and then this was dropped on the top, and then this... When you actually buy the thing, and I would, I would love what the newspapers do, take a photograph of what you get, some squashed-up mess, which sort of arrives, which has been microwaved. You know, they might have cooked it originally, but then it's microwaved, and they add the bits onto it. And, and I look at the thing that I get, they bear no resemblance to any of the pictures at all. 
You know, at least a pizza looks like the pizza at the end, because you can't really do much with it. Burgers, they make them look all fat and fluffy. When you actually get the thing, they're wrapped in paper, and they really couldn't give a toss about them, I think. They just sort of chuck them at you. Most of the staff behind the counter don't eat the things anyway. And, and I always hate it. It's supposed to be fast food. They've never got anything ready. You go to Burger King at Waterloo Station, it's got to be the worst service I've ever encountered anywhere. Lacklustre staff. Once they've actually got your money, they then go, can I help you? Can I? They haven't dealt with you because they haven't got the food ready. So they then have, the, they deal with people, you know, and you, you can stand there for ages waiting for it. They go, oh, it's not ready, the chips will be ready in a minute. Well, you should have been more competent, shouldn't you? You know, it's, it's useless management now. It really is. Having discussed earlier on about Tesco and how these things should have been available everywhere... Because that's, you know, if, if you get your free advert in the paper and somebody talks about it on the radio, and I'm quite sure I cannot have been the only person yesterday talking about these microwavable, not microwavable, these uh, uh, toaster burgers, you'd think they'd have gone overboard and had them in the front of every shop. You know, totally useless. Totally useless. 84850, steve at uh, Paul says, no burgers at our huge Tesco Extra either. Spoke to my sister's fellow, who's a branch manager of the company in Liverpool. He had none. And after talking to five of the branches nearby, they got none either. By the way, as this was a promotion, the onus is on the head office to order them and send them out. So really not the branch's fault. As you say, though, what a wasted opportunity. Almost on a par with your great bone of contention last year. Remember the Christmas pudding? Strangely enough, I spoke to Heston Blumenthal about that. And, and I said, because you remember this was the problem, that Waitrose had this Heston Blumenthal pudding, which had an orange in the middle, and then the pudding around the outside. And they'd ordered so many of them from this company. And, and Heston said, I don't think it's enough. I don't think you've ordered enough. So they didn't have enough, and then the advert hit the televisions. So when the advert hit the televisions, they didn't have any at all. So, of course, everybody was really, really fed up with Waitrose for advertising something that wasn't available anywhere. And then they started going on eBay, and I think one of them got, like, a £1,000. A £1,000 for a Christmas pudding. Because people had bought them and then started... Wait a minute, wait a £1,000. Let's sell it. It was only, like, fourteen ninety nine or 15 Whatever it happened to be, it was, it was better to sell it for £1,000. But because then so many appeared on eBay, the price plummeted. So nobody got really what they were hoping for. There's only the one person who thought of it originally, going, it's a th- I mean, you'd have to be stupid to pay £1,000 for a Christmas pudding, by Heston or otherwise. But, uh, but that backfired really badly. And this one, you're quite right, a huge loss leader for Tesco's head office. You get publicity like this, the, the promotions department must have known about it, and they did nothing. Absolutely nothing. Total waste of time. By the way, it says, harking back to yesterday's show, did you know Adam Ant's on tour? Does that mean a certain person will be going to see them? T- twice? In fact, I should imagine Dawn would probably be going even more. Even more than twice. She loves Adamant. She's been to an acoustic set. She's been to the film. She's been to everything. She's absolutely been everywhere. She's up in... She's going up again, and she'll be seeing him again. Uh, Paul says, I love that quote from Imogen. I'm a Christian. So what? I'm a Catholic. So is the Pope, I've heard. Let her carry on. You know, read the burger pictures. Anne Robertson did it the other week on Watchdog. Also included Subway and various other takeaways. We spend a fortune on takeaway food now, don't we? We we like takeaway food. I remember talking to one of my drivers, uh, Mohammed, and he was he would sometimes look around in the early hours of the morning to find somewhere where he could get a chicken or something like that. But then I spoke to another driver, uh, Irish guy that I get every so often, and he doesn't eat overnight. He said because it's because he he he's physically fit. If, makes me feel quite depressed. And um, and he said he wouldn't eat overnight. He said because you can't eat and drive. He said it just means that you just get fat. You know, if you eat, then you've got to work out afterwards. So that, that's generally how it works. Uh, Simon, 
feeling better already. He spent the last two days renovating his bathroom, stripping all the grout, getting ready for painting. And after all my hard work, I started grouting the tiles at midnight. And I sit here now feeling like I want to cry. The grout looks rather thin and anemic, and I feel like giving up. I'm 28 years old. Never done DIY. Is it right that I should be this hopeless at my age? Yes. It is absolutely right. You are hopeless, you are useless, and you should never have attempted to do it in the first place. Strangely enough, I thought about doing the same thing. And then I thought, no. The one thing that, if, if you're going to, have you noticed now in bathrooms, people put bigger tiles in? It used to be little, little nine inch, about nine inches, isn't it? Nine inch tiles in the bathroom. Now, they're about a foot and a half square. They're enormous, so it takes less time to do them. Then what you have to do, you have to put little plastic bits in, and then you, then you grout... No, sorry, then you take the plastic bits out, then you grout, and then you have to wipe that off with the outside. There are people who are experts, Simon, at doing it. You're quite clearly not an expert. You're sitting there crying and sobbing, because it doesn't look very good. Might have to do it again. I mean, at least you've had a go. At least you've had a go. So, I mean, you know, you, you can't sort of knock that... I'd never attempt that at all. I think you get to a certain age and you just kind of give up with it. You just say, no, I'm not doing it. No. Does the bathroom need paint? Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Get somebody else in, to get them to rip it out. Uh, 84850... Steve at lbc.co.uk. Apparently, uh, men who drink lots of coffee dramatically cut their risk of prostate cancer. Do you know, honestly, one minute you drink coffee and it's good for you, the next minute you drink coffee, it's bad for you, then the next thing, it's good for prostate cancer, then it'll be good for testicular cancer, whatever it is, it's, it's fairly good for you, provided, provided you don't overdo it. And I did get panicky a short while ago, because I was drink- I was coming in here, I drank a cup of coffee at home, probably two before I came in, really bad. Then I'd come in and have probably another two cups of coffee during the programme, then go home. So that's four, sometimes five. And then I go home and have another Starbucks coffee with an extra shot. So that's seven. Then another one lunchtime, a double shot. So that's nine cups of coffee a day. Too much. So I've now gone back to my tea. Now gone back to the tea. Uh, Do you remember the story we told you as well a while ago about the mum... This is Kerry Campbell. Kerry Campbell looked like she's a prime candidate for the Jeremy Kyle show. The reason is, she's from Birmingham. She's living in uh, America, and uh, she was Botoxing her daughter at the age of eight. At the age of eight. Not only was she uh, injecting this poison into her face, but she was giving her bikini waxes and leg waxes. She's quite clearly something peculiar. Anyway, she says, I'm going to seek therapy for my obsession with looks. Um, she doesn't work, this woman. In which It prompts me to ask the question, how is she affording £150 a time syringes of Botox? She bought it over the internet into her daughter, Brittany. They've all got stupid names, haven't they? And uh, used the needles from a chemist and a diabetic friend. So, in other words, a diabetic friend was giving her needles and just injecting it. She says, what I'm doing for Britney now will help her become a star. No, it won't. It absolutely will not, I'm afraid. And what she's done is she puts her into these beauty pageants. And uh, to be honest with you, you know how perverted they are. You know, we've seen the beauty pageants in America. They're not very pleasant things. Uh, That's where they take little girls. This one, unfortunately, doesn't look like... She looks a bit too... too chubby. I mean, I'm trying to... You know, she looks like a normal, typical eight-year-old... But some of these little girls, they dress them up like little lolitas. And uh, it's, it's quite vile. You've only got to type in beauty pageants on Google to have a look at what some of these little girls look like. They dress up as little cowgirls and they learn to swing their hips and pout and do everything else. It's quite disgusting. But it goes 
uh, in America, and it's generally the overweight mums with the scraped back hair, the Croydon facelift, with all due respect to people in Croydon, uh, who might not have this hairstyle, and, and they go there and they go, I'm going to turn her into a star. Not injecting with Botox, you're not, you stupid woman. Anyway, the child's been taken into care. Because, to be honest with you, you can't have a mum like that. That's just absolutely appalling. And yet, they've appeared all over America on television. I mean, not only is it painful, but it's... She's an eight-year-old child whose mum is injecting poison into her face. What a stupid woman. Small white... I mean, the Americans love this kind of thing. They love getting somebody into care. Relatives uh, say they're doing their best to protect the vulnerable young girl. But strangely enough, worryingly, one family member, who cannot be identified for legal reasons, remains supportive of her mum, and she said, Kerry is a fantastic mother, and she's trying to give her a daughter a leg up. Brittany has shown no ill effects from the treatment, and always been a, always been a happy child. To say she's being abused is plain ridiculous. Well, she, you don't inject an eight-year-old with Botox, I'm afraid. You just don't. What next? A tattoo? You know, upper arm or something? A rather stupid mother. But there's loads of those in America. There's loads over here as well. You see them on the television. Who did they have on the television the other day? They had some woman on the Jeremy Kyle... I sat there thinking, this is bizarre. The Jeremy Kyle show, where they seemed to go on there to have DNA tests every five minutes to find out who the father of the child is. And this particular woman, because she was pregnant by her boyfriend, and because, generally speaking, during pregnancy, women kind of go off F-E-X, he thought that because she'd gone off F-E-X, that she was going elsewhere. And so, as opposed to dealing with it like adults, and he looked a bit thick, it has to be said. I mean, he had about three-quarters of his teeth missing out of his mouth. He looked fine till he opened his mouth, and then he, you suddenly realised that he was... He would be in the remedial class at school. And and he was sort of there saying, yeah, but I, f- I think, like... Because no, none of them can speak. If you notice, not one of them can string two words together. It is amazing. And, um... And he said, because, like, you know, she's not, like, having sex, like, like, with me, like, you know, not having sex, and so she's obviously going elsewhere. And Jeremy Kyle had to explain to him very slowly that people go off sex when they're pregnant. They're just, it's, you know, it's not comfortable, they just don't like doing it. And he didn't get it at all, this bloke. He came on looking like somebody out of a boy band. He had, like, a little vest singlet on. I thought, you're appearing on television, mate. Why are you wearing these silly clothes? Jeremy Carl said to me, he said, you know, are you auditioning for a boy band or something? And then he opened his mouth and he suddenly realised, no chance at all. No chance at all. But uh, they, they go on these, but they want to air their, their grievances and their strange lives in front of everybody. I do find it very, very funny. Uh, very, very funny indeed. Um, I love the story of the, the dog walker. He's out with his Labrador and they fall over the edge of a cliff. They fall 200 feet. 200 feet and they both survive. The dog broke broke a leg, and the man was in hospital with a broken thigh and a wrist. They were airlifted to safety by the fantastic REF, and, as I said, 200 feet off a cliff. God, what would be going through your, your head? Your brains, I suppose, you fell down. And, but, I mean, 200 feet, and survived. And survived. I mean, I was just absolutely amazed. I felt sorry for poor Lindsay Wixon the other day. Um, she was uh, in Cannes, uh, modelling... And unfortunately, she's got this huge dress on. Three times she fell over. Three times. Because it's so big, she, she obviously kept treading on it. <laughs> she kept treading on the hem. You know when you've got a really big dress, sometimes you fall over. Three times she did it. She must have felt such an idiot. Such an idiot. Always reminded me of the time when Naomi Campbell fell off her shoes. That made me laugh quite a lot. Occasionally, if I just want to cheer myself up, I'll go onto YouTube and put in Naomi Campbell falling... <laughs> falling off shoes. But this woman, three times, three times she fell over. Uh, Apprentice Leon, he's a bit of a worry. I watched The Apprentice. I didn't know I was watching The Apprentice the other day. I really didn't know I was watching The Apprentice. I just thought it was some silly, cheap show. And then I saw Alan Sugar, 
and lovely Karen Brady, and, and suddenly realised it was, it was OK. But I tell you, they're thick as planks, these people. They really are the dimmest of the dim. They all try and talk the talk and walk the walk, and yet you wouldn't trust but one of them. They're all so full of their own self-importance and puff, you suddenly realise what a bunch of losers they are, including Leon Doyle and any of the other ones on there. I've never seen anybody who... I mean, some of them just come over as stupid. Stupid, thick, and you wouldn't trust them within an inch of your life. But there they are, you know, because they all think that they're going to be famous. Sadly not, Leon. You really are the biggest plank. They were trying to launch apps the other day, and they were just awful. I mean, they were so dim, these people. You only think that their parents must sit there and go, Oh, my God, they really are as dim as we thought they were. You know, quarter to six. These are the headlines. The Queen will continue her historic trip to Ireland today with a visit to Dublin's Croke Park. It's another significant site, as it's where the British troops killed 14 civilians in 1920. Rapists who admit their guilt could have their sentences halved under new government proposals. If approved, a sex attacker could serve as little as 15 months for his or her crime. The government's admitted youth unemployment levels are a scandal. Later we'll find out whether they've got worse. Official figures out this morning will reveal whether there's been a fall or a further increase in the record number of 16 to 24-year-olds out of work. They're thinking about making another Flintstones movie. Do you remember that ghastly one that came out years ago with uh, Elizabeth Taylor? I mean, it was, it was sort of the, the live version of the Flintstones. It really was the biggest waste of money. And in fact, I think as one, one American critic says, uh, should they have made this film, yabba-dabba-don't. Which kind of summed it up, because it was so dreadful. Uh, Coronation Street have signed up a, a, a woman called Imelda, who is going to be... Uh, oh, she's blonde Imelda, played by real-life pole-dancing teacher Charlene Shaw, who's 29, but looks so much older. She turns up in the Rovers as a surprise treat for Jason Grimshaw at his 28th birthday party, but Imelda mistakes Ken, Bill Roach, for her victim and leaves the pensioner hot and bothered with her seductive routine. Wow. Very exciting. And apparently, um, Corrie Boss has signed her after reading her CV, which lists talents such as appearing in artistic nude shots and giving lessons in exotic dancing. Why is it only women do exotic dancing? Why don't men do exotic dancing? You know, would, you, would you pay ladies to go and see men gyrating around a pole? Probably not. Not very glamorous, is it, really, I suppose? But uh, Charlene attended Manchester's Lane Johnson Theatre School. Tina O'Brien went there and Sarah Lancashire. And Imelda is booked by Becky MacDonald, who I think is leaving Coronation Street very shortly. I think you'll probably see tonight that there's uh, something going to be going on. Um, oh, dear, we're droning on. Jordan's best mate, Gary, Gary, reveals his biggest showbiz secret. Oh, what is it? Here we go. Uh... He also talks about some of the men he's made prettier. Oh, how lovely. So sweet. And here is um, from Coal Dust to Stardust. No, I still think Coal Dust, I'm afraid. They can't flog this book at all. It's now published in paperback. Came out in hardback. Didn't do diddly squat, I'm afraid. And so they're desperately trying to reflog it again. And the only thing that he can do is keep going on about his relationship with Jordan. Very tedious. Very tedious. And, uh, as I say, he does look like he wears makeup 24 hours a day. All a little bit uh, worrying. Uh, Mirror this morning at 10 to 6. Arnold Schwarzenegger admitted his marriage collapsed over a secret love child. This apparently happened 10 years ago. And he was out with the daughter. He quite clearly dyes his hair. He's apologised to Maria Shriver. And uh, he's got the daughters, Christina, Catherine, Christopher and Patrick. And, and he lives in a £7.3 million seven-bedroom home in California. It's all on a hillside. It all looks quite nice, actually, but they have these sprawling mansions and he's got a bit of grass and, you know, the usual sort of things out there. 
And, uh, so, here it is. That's why, ten years after the fling, and there could be others, there could be others, he said, listen, it's my, my, my problem, don't, don't pick on the wife and the kids, nothing to do with them, and apparently the mother of Arnie's love child admitted receiving a severance payment when she left the job. Now, under California law, she would be entitled to a large maintenance allowance to support the child due to his substantial fortune. It's likely he entered a sealed agreement with her in order to keep details of their relationship from being filed in court. I mean, he was married to Maria Shriver, I think, for about 25 years. Everybody thought it was a really good marriage. Little realising, you know, when he was going, I'll be back. It was to another woman's bed, I'm afraid. He says, we are taking one day at a time, which I should imagine would be the sensible option. But if he's got a child, he would pay, I should imagine, and, um, and it, it will go on. But they have said that there are lots of women that he'd been visiting over the years. I would think it was fairly difficult, if you were a big Hollywood star, you know, not to, you know, to, to be able to resist the charms of people out there. Because I have to tell you, in, in Hollywoodland and in California, so many people look good for their age. I mean, people do make the effort. They really do. It's only over here. You get on the train in the morning, everybody looks like they've been dragged through a hedge backwards. But over there, people do look glamorous. I mean, you can get up in the morning, when we were in Santa Monica, right on the beach, right on the beach, in the, uh, I can't remember the name of the hotel now, Casa something. It was lovely. I mean, really lovely. And, and it overlooked the beach. In fact, it was on the beach. And people jogged every morning. From five in the morning, people would be jogging, running, skateboarding. I mean, everybody, from pensioners to young people. It's, they're just fitness mad over there. And they've got, on the beach, this concrete path which runs all the way round. So it's not just a straight path. They've made it interesting. And because it's at the back of the beach, it runs all the way up to Venice Beach and beyond. So it's, it's a good run every morning. And you've got to run in the morning because the time you get to lunchtime, the sun is so blooming hot. You know, you traipse about over the sand. And I find it quite difficult walking on sand. But it was, it was absolutely gorgeous. You've got the Santa Monica Pier, which is very pretty at night. And then you've got this lovely hotel, Shutters, which is it's called Shutters because it's got shutters, surprisingly. And, and it was absolutely lovely. And everybody goes there and you can have a lovely steak. In fact, I had a couple of lovely steaks over there. And it's, it's just a nice lifestyle. Wouldn't want to live there. Wouldn't want to live in America. I don't mind visiting and, uh, and, and just sort of going and seeing it for a little while. But the, but the coming back bit is actually quite nice. Uh, weather for today, little brightness possible, otherwise cloudy which is exactly what it is at the moment, with odd bits of light rain or drizzle, a band of more coherent light rain or drizzle, coherent light rain. Good Lord! It's an expression I've never heard before. A band of coherent light rain or drizzle spreading southeast later in the afternoon. High 19 centigrade, currently 14. So it's, it's not bad. It's only going to go up 5 degrees. Pollen forecast is low. Tonight, light rain or drizzle across southeastern counties at first, becoming dry overnight with clear spells developing and becoming quite chilly, the high 10 centigrade. Tomorrow, chilly start, generally a dry day, sunny spells and with a light mainly westerly wind. Further three-day forecast, Friday and Saturday dry with bright or sunny spells for much of the period, although there may be the odd heavy shower in the east on Saturday. Sunday, cloudy, but mainly dry. So there you go, that's the uh, weather forecast, just in case you're worrying about that. Unless Mark gets up early to go out and repossess cars this week. Is it lucrative? Is it lucrative, collecting cars? Noreen is off to Banbury today. And then to Bicester. I don't think we've been there before. Now, Bicester's got a village, uh, Noreen. One of those um, fashion... What do they call them? A, f- a fashion outlet, I think. Yeah, it's, it's like... Yeah, but I think it's, it's on the motorway. I think it's off the motorway. Bicester. It's in Oxfordshire, isn't it, Bicester? And I think that they've got a Bicester village where they've got all these top shops and it's their outlet so they're selling all last year's stuff very very much reduced 
I think, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty certain I'm right there. She said, I believe there are Banbury cakes, and so no doubt Brian will find them. Yes, Banbury was, um, was it ride a cock horse to Banbury Cross to see a fine lady upon a white horse? Rings on her fingers and bells on her toes. Brian shall have cakes wherever she goes. Emma celebrated her birthday yesterday, and John said it made her smile. And my girls loved hearing their names on the radio. See? It's amazing. Something so simple can bring so much pleasure to people. I find it very difficult. Uh, Yvonne in Luton says, I've just took a gander at Christo Fufas's pictures, an Adonis. Obviously looking at the wrong pictures then, if you thought he looked... Oh, those ones! Ah, they're photoshopped. Photoshopped, yes. They were actually taken very... If you notice, many of them are at least 15, 20 years old. And she says, why are all your podcast titles about food, chips and donuts and a meal that whistles? Well, because what they're doing is, I mean, it makes no difference what we actually put up there. People will still read my, my podcasting. And, uh, and we do it because that might be something that we, d- we dwell quite a lot of time uh, on with. Um, and, and it was good, actually. Very good indeed. So that's why... I don't know why they're always food. I don't know. Nothing to do with me. I don't put the taglines up there at all, I'm afraid. And uh, Steve says... Uh, there's one... Oh, no, we have to do that a bit later, actually. So we can't do that here. We did, uh, we did plug the sorcerer for Mark at the Chapel End Savoy Players. We'll do that again and again a little bit later. And uh, Alison Brown says, David Ball from the Magic Circle is giving a talk to the Edgware National Trust Centre on Wednesday the 18th of May at 8pm at St Lawrence Church Hall, Whitchurch Lane, Edgware, nearest Tube Cannons Park, on the Jubilee Line. All welcome, and it's £3. There you go, you get David Ball from the Magic Circle. Today. They've got a website, where, 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 dot edgware, edgware, ntc dot btik dot com grief what on earth is that edgware national uh, national trust center <laughs> all right i don't know what the btik is so it's edgware ntc dot btik dot com but it's at the uh, st lawrence church hall whitchurch lane in edgware okay tony says since i mentioned about princess beatrice's hat to you it's shot up to eighteen thousand four hundred pounds couldn't care less. Sometimes couldn't care less if it came with her as well, stuffed inside it. Really not remotely interested. I mean, the money goes to charity, that's fine, but I mean, to be honest with you, it's a ghastly hat. Uh, Rico says, I think the advert in yesterday's paper about the burgers did say the Bill Tesco in a month's time. Well, it wasn't an advert. It was, it was a review of the product. A bit stupid reviewing something that's not there. And I shall go back. I don't remember him saying that at all. And I'm generally very good. So, uh, in favour of the Flintstones makeover? Not in favour. You know, I, I, wish, what it was, I wish they'd bring back some of the other things. I used to like, there was Deputy Dog, there was Yogi Bear, but the Flintstones were quite good, because you remember, years ago, we talked to uh, Wilma, Jean Vanderput, who played Wilma, and I think she's since died, sadly, but she was one of those famous voices. Everybody knew her voice. And went, oh, Fred. You know, it was all very cutesy-cutesy. I used to love the Flintstones. On cartoon, I didn't like the real thing at all. I just, I did, it just didn't work for me. And Elizabeth Taylor doing a cameo, that didn't, that didn't work either, I'm afraid. <laughs> but that's just me. That's just me, I'm afraid. So what do you reckon? Good idea? Not good idea. To, uh, to bring back the Flintstones again. Again. And, uh, Madeleine McCann, according to, uh, Met, uh, Police Commissioner Sir Paul Stevenson, who was, uh, talking to Nick Ferrari yesterday, he said, she could still be found alive. He claimed there was always a chance the missing girl would turn up. Exactly. There's always a chance it would be the nearest thing to, um, to the Almighty coming back, wouldn't it? It really would. He says, but uh, he defended his force's decision to help in the hunt after a request from Theresa May, and he told Nick, you take a plea like that seriously, on balance, 
It was the right thing to do, although there's been much criticism from people saying, dreadful waste of money, dreadful waste of money. You know, what about, um, you know, all the other cases that will suffer? And as we've closed down the forensic test unit, uh, what hope? What hope here? Madeline went missing in 2007, May the 3rd, of course, you'll remember. Uh, more on that benefits cheat. Here he is, Timothy Harris, uh, brawling with police officers. £21,000. Just ridiculous, isn't it? Just ridiculous. But anyway, we've sent him to prison. Should have been for life. Should have been for life, stupid man. An £18 a week payback. How ridiculous. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Steve Allen. It's eight minutes past six. Raj says, hi, Steve. I heard you chatting with Will Gowing about the conversion to a snooker club. This was the uh, the toilet in Shepherd's Bush, which is very famous. And he said, I just wonder how come you know so much? Because I'm intelligent. And because it was all over the papers. Because I think it was the first toilet that they'd sold and converted to a snooker hall. Quite a few converted yeah, toilets Yeah, there's, there's now, quite they? a lot. Some are wine bars, some are art galleries. There's a little Just one, read, read the papers, Raj, and become intelligent. It's not difficult. I mean, it's the obvious thing to do with a, with a disused Victorian yeah. public toilet now. Well, because the, the council couldn't afford to maintain them because it cost too much money, so they, they sell it to somebody. And I think the one at Shepherd's Bush is right at the end, just by Westfield. You can't miss it. It's, it's enormous. I think it was gents and ladies. So they've got a snooker hall there. And there's a little one just at the t- uh, top of Waterloo Bridge near the Lion King Theatre that's got a little burlesque. Oh, that's right, there. yes. Is that an art, art gallery as well? It might be sometimes during the day, maybe, but it right. was a toilet. And again, because they used to be everywhere in London, but now, uh, now they, they turn them into coffee bars. In fact, the most famous one was at Waterloo Station and Café PF was set up with this guy. I think his name was Kevin. I can't remember exactly, but he used to listen to the programme. I used to go down there. And that used to be the gents' toilet at the far end and then became an underground cafe. Right. And he used to do oysters and all sorts of things. It became quite quite popular. 30p now to go to, to the loo in, Vic- in Waterloo Station. It's a pound at Harrods. A pound? A pound at Harrods to spend a penny. I thought it was free at no, 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 no. Well, it, one of them is. Right. But they have their, their posh toilet, which is a pound. And people are obviously willing to pay a pound. For the experience of Harrods I'd be willing to pay a pound. Do they have nice music? I think it's all marble. Mm-hmm. All marble. Which means, if, you know, if you're actually paying, you know, for, 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 the, for the privilege... And probably soft towels and soap and hand cream. But you get the same in... If you go to Stringfellows years ago, the toilet attendant there, it was very strange because... Uh, and this is years ago. And one of the best jobs to have in London was either working the front door of a hotel because you've got to know the clients and everybody gets tipped. They do yeah. it in Vegas. M- most of the, uh, the, uh, the bellboys and girls there make a fortune because, as people go to get in a cab, they give them a dollar. Yeah, but they don't pay tax on it. Exactly. You've actually got a 1,000 people coming out of a showroom all wanting a taxi. Yeah. That's a lot of money. And at Stringfellows, I remember distinctly, the toilet guy could make on a Saturday night £600. Really? For the simple reason that he had a selection of aftershaves and a towel and uh, wet wipes and things like that. And when somebody would go to the loo, he would hand them a towel, and he had a little tray, and he used to put four or five pound coins in there, which indicated to you, you put a pound in. Yeah. And so everybody who washed their hands put a pound in. And he sold roses as well. Your listeners might know. I mean, what is the etiquette these days in those toilets with attendants? Do you have to give them money? 
I mean, I find it quite uncomfortable sometimes when there's somebody standing there with arrays of aftershaves I don't want to use. and My tummy, sorry. Hairspray and combs and trying to hand you a towel and use soap. Well, know. they're offering a service, so... I don't so always have you... change on me, though, that's the trouble. What if you don't use them and you sort of go and use a sink at the other end? Mm. You sort of leave feeling a bit... Like do you feel a bit awful? Well, I do sometimes give them money. I mean, How much? It, 50p or a pound if I've got right. it in my pocket. Yeah, Quite often I don't have that change in my pocket. Yeah. Well, I, th- I, I, I would suggest it's very, very lucrative. Yeah. Very lucrative. As I say, <laughs> Stringfellows on a Saturday night, the bloke could make £600. A lot of money. For it's a night. lot of money. For standing um, in a toilet. Yes. Yes. And all you've got to do is hand a towel. And then what would happen is he would take the towel and then he would just fold it up and put it to the bottom of his pile again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it would, t- it would be recycled. Be by the time it yeah. got there. But it, but it was all the aftershaves. And I think he did it for a few years and did very well out of it. Yeah. And then he would sell it on as, as a concession to somebody else. People are probably fairly sort of well-to-do and sort of well-turned-out in Stringfellows, but in some of the more grotty clubs and bars, it must mm. be a grim job. But then do you, should you order. tip if, if, if you put your coat in a cloakroom? Should you? Because they've always. Have you noticed? It's even in Starbucks. We well, have to pay anyway for the cloakroom. Well, some you? sometimes cloakrooms are free. Sometimes they're free. Yeah. I think if they're free, then you should tip. But I'm not sure if you should tip if you were already having to pay two pounds to put your coat in. Right. Are okay. You... So this comes down to the big thing of tipping. Then. So when you go to the hairdresser, do you have somebody wash your hair, or you just have a straightforward cut? Well, I'd have a wash then a cut. Right. Would you tip the person who washed it? I'd tip the person that cut it. Right. But you are sort of meant to tip the person. That, you are, because person, the person who's actually washed your hair... That's a junior. That's a junior, is earning nothing. Yeah. So really, you should probably tip them more yeah. than the cutter. Yes, because you're paying a lot for the cutter, depending on who's actually cutting your hair. Yeah. How much, on average, do you tip the person cutting your hair? Would that be more than a pound? Well, I'd probably try and tip them 10% of the cost of the haircut. Right. R- right. So 10% is your, is your benchmark. For a haircut in this country. The trouble is, in America, it's now routinely 15 or 20% for everything. Yes. Well, it's added on. I mean, in the place here on the corner for breakfast, they add on the tip. Well, the All w- they've done is bring the food from, from there to here. I mean, they haven't actually... D- they, they've come to the table and said, what do you want to eat? And I've said, scrambled egg with bacon on the top. And she's brought it to the table. For this, you have to, you have to tip her. Yeah. Well, they expect service in Yo Sushi. You sit at the conveyor belt choosing it yourself. <laughs> Why can't we just have a system whereby we do away with tipping? But so many people rely on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine getting out of a taxi and saying to the guy, um, I'm not tipping. Why should I tip you? You're just driving. Yeah, I've just paid. For a living. You make a fortune. Yeah. At the W Hotel at the bottom of Leicester Square, they put 20% on everything. It's on an drinks. American hotel. Yeah. They've brought the American service levels over. Well, you know why they do that? Because they don't pay the staff the right amount of money, so they make it up on tips. Yeah. And on, on the cruise ships, exactly the same. On every single drink, there is, there is added a service charge. You think, I'm sitting at the bar. He's had to turn round and push a drink and then put it in front of you, and that you have to pay for. But when I was in L.A., um, and we went to some quite posh sort of places, the people were telling me the... the uh, I mean, the waiting staff in some of these restaurants are absolutely gorgeous young mm. people. And they were telling me those jobs are so sought after. Of course. Because the money... They can make thousands of dollars a month, thousands and thousands of dollars a month they don't pay tax on, because it's 20% tip on every table, and every table is spending hundreds of dollars. Mm. I have to be honest, I'm not, I'm not, I do tip, but I'm not a big fan of tipping, so I think the whole thing has got so out of hand. It has. That, Some cultures don't have it at all. Yeah. Japan, no tipping. But why would you go into Starbucks or any of these places, and they've got a tip box on the counter, which actually, unfortunately, in our Starbucks, somebody nicked. Some toe rag nicked their tip, but but you think why would you tip? 
I know you're paying why would for you the tip? You're paying for the they, drink. They should be paid to do their job. Well, that's what that's what I thought. I couldn't understand why there'd be a tip on top of it. I find it very difficult to get a, to, to to tip at a bar. I think if somebody's bringing you something, mm. it's a bit different. But to tip at a bar doesn't make any sense. Oh, to me. I remember Stringfellows years ago. The girls would come round dressed in their nice little outfits and they'd have a drink. <laughs> you put your money on the tray, and they would bring back and they would make sure that you had coins on that little silver tray they give you back, so that you're going to take some off. And guaranteed, most people would would take you know some of it and leave some for them. It's quite lucrative tipping. So do you tip, ladies and gentlemen? Or do you think we should just abolish it? 84850-stevedlbc.co.uk. 19 minutes past uh, six. Johnny said, I've stayed in California. It can be paradise. However, the novelty wears off after a few months and you understand how different we Brits are. Are we completely different? Completely different. different culture, really, yes, isn't I'm it? Just... People say we're becoming like America, but there are big differences still. I spoke to Vizel, uh, Videl Sassoon the other day. And uh, and he spends half his time in L.A. and half his time here. He splits between the two. And I said, I've got a friend of mine who's just moved over to L.A. and has taken a, uh, an apartment opposite the farmer's market in Los Angeles. And he said, oh, lovely. I said, yeah, I went to the farmer's market. I thought, it was terrible. <laughs> it's, it's quite nice. Cause it, it, what it is, it's got loads of food places and shops and a tram. Have you ever been? Um, no. Yeah, there's a tram really that runs nice. down the middle. So it's like a shopping experience. And the other side is the old farmer's market, where they've got lots of food places, Chinese, Indian, pizza, whatever you want, but you all go and sit down at communal tables. Oh, we drove past it. I know yeah. exactly what you mean, yeah. It's, it's OK, but uh, it's it's a bit sort of, you know, they go, oh, this is so exciting, and you think, not really. Yeah. Sharing your table with people you don't know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of. We were debating earlier on whether or not hugging was OK, because Christo does hugging, and yeah. we, we came to the conclusion... Well, he's Greek, though, isn't he? Yeah, well, that's what There's I said to him. To do in Greece. No, that there is a lot of hugging going on, and Will, Will doesn't do hugging either. Well, he's not Greek. He's not Greek. No, but, just, but some people don't do hugging. See, you do hugging. I'm quite tactile. Yeah, don't mind a bit of a hug. Yeah, I'm only, I'm only good at hugging after I've had a few drinks. Yeah, I don't really do it before the few drinks. Yeah. You know, I, I sort of go through phases. Yes, get around kissing as another like tipping as another minefield. What kissing? Yeah. Oh, I don't do kissing. Don't do it. That, that's a showbiz thing. Well, the air, air kissing is a showbiz thing. I did it to Vizel Sassoon, actually, strangely enough, the other day. I wasn't sure whether he was shocked or what, because he stood up as we finished the interview. And I automatically did it, just in due reverence to the fact that it's, uh, it's Vidal Sassoon. But I, w- I wouldn't normally do it, What's unless his... I knew the person. Has he got good hair? Yes. As does he? Yes, he's 82. Right. You'd never know he was 82. No. I mean, he, he does look exactly the same. So he had a bit of work, do you think? Well, do you know, I, somebody asked me that afterwards, and they said, do you think he's had work? I would think he has done. But good work. But good work. Mm. Because it, it seems to be quite standard now for people to have things done. Most people like that have had a few things done. Yes. Well, if, if you live in America, it's almost standard, isn't it? Because yeah. you can nip in in the morning and have, have your Botox or fillers or whatever it is. Well, I think that's the... You know, when he said this morning... You go to LA and um, <coughs> and then you you know you get on the tube here and everyone, as you said this morning, looks like they've been dragged through a hedge backwards. Um, and in LA, everyone somehow looks glamorous and certain. They've all had work. Yes, they do. You know, look you're, you're looking at people who have had their their teeth fixed and their nose straightened and yeah. their hair professionally permanently blow dried and their fake tanned and they've got eyelash, they've got f- tinted eyelashes, yeah. fake eyelashes. Everything's everything's sort of. A sort of glammed up, souped up version. I met a guy years and years ago. We interviewed him for UK Living, and he'd spent money on cosmetic surgery, but on his body. Right. So because he couldn't work out in a gym, well, he tried it, but it didn't work. So he'd had pec implants. That's most peculiar. And he'd had all these sort of things done to him. So he's had he'd, he'd had his stomach siphoned, and right. so it looked like a washboard type stomach. And he'd had these pec implants and implants here, and and I remember thinking. 
Would you actually do that unless it was for vanity? Because you do look a bit a bit triangular. And the rest of him probably wasn't lean and muscly yeah. and in, in, in proportion to it. You because know, you I mean, get so many guys, you've only got to watch The Only Way is Essex to realise that poor, poor Mark Wright, not the brightest knife in the box, I'm afraid, yeah. looks like he's been dipped in chocolate and he's been waxed and everything else and yeah. he's had all the bits done. And you think... In a few years' time, you're going to look back at that and think, oh, my God, what did I look like? I know. The only thing about all those Essex people is that they all, uh, almost without exception, go under sunbeds very regularly and have yes. done for years and years, and it really prematurely ages them. They all look a lot older than they are. Yes. They're all between about 17 and 25, those people in the Yes, Essex I didn't realise how young like they were. They're in their 30s. Amy Childs, I think, is 22. Yeah, Mark's admittedly. about 23, 24 or yeah. something. He's a young guy. And um, they're all pretty young. They all look much older than they are. Yes, you have to be very careful with these things. Uh, James says, I've got a Heston Waitrose pudding, never got around to cooking it. Will it still be OK? Yeah, you can keep Christmas puddings for, for quite a while. If they've got booze in, then they, you can keep Christmas puddings for a long while. But most people make two every year. Eat one, keep one the next year. Then next year, eat the one you made the year before and make another one, and that goes onwards. Oh, they were those Heston ones that were in Waitrose with the whole orange in that sold yes. out within a few days. Yes. And then the television advertising started, and by that time they didn't have any more. Yeah. And he'd, he'd already said to them, listen, you haven't got enough of these things. Yeah. And the factory couldn't produce them, because he said, we actually got every crystallised orange we thought we could find <laughs> in the world, he said, and it wasn't <laughs> enough, sadly. 84850, uk. Elliot says, no tips in Japan, it's not in their culture. No, quite true. Now, strange enough, in Copenhagen... When you get a taxi from the airport, there's a big sign in it. Do not tip the driver. Yeah. We do not do tipping here in, in taxis. The driver will not expect a tip. But, of course, our normal thing is to tip. Yeah. And they will take it, but it does say there, don't, don't tip. But he, uh, Elliot says, only bars that are frequented by foreigners will bother to have a tip jar. I once tried to tip a taxi driver and he gave it back to me with a quizzical look on his face. I always try to tip in a Japanese club bar because I know the next drink will always be a slightly stiffer one. <laughs> oh, right. Aha. Uh -huh. I have a trip to Vegas soon. First time I've been to America and I'm a bit worried about the tipping lot. Will I get barked at if I don't tip? Yes. yes. Absolutely. And if you, you don't tip, they'll ignore you. you get, and, and then, or if you don't tip and you leave a restaurant, they'll chase you out of the restaurant and ask you if there was a problem with the meal. Yes. Yes. You, I mean, you, you really have to... Uh, you, you, everywhere's tipping. Yeah, they don't. They and of course, you've got to be 21 to drink in Vegas. Well, in America. Yeah. So they're, they're very fun. But tipping, they're absolutely... It's, it's such a culture. It is such a culture over there that they're, they're, they're so into it. Uh, in the papers today... Um, I don't know. There's a... Um, I don't know what this is. Lovely picture of a, of a, a vol volcano in Iceland. And they've got a man standing there. This huge firework display going on behind him, which I quite like the look of. Because uh, Iceland is fantastic. Robbie at risk of stage fright... This is Robbie going back with the boys on tour. And it's a Back to the Future theme. And they've got lots of people. And uh, somebody says here, you wouldn't believe the cash they're pouring into the sets. Which is good. Which is good. It'll be, it'll be, fant it'll be as good as the last one, if not better. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I, yeah. won't, I won't see it. But I shall probably go and buy the DVD. And I, th I think it'll be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Lynn says, I do tip, but only for good friendly service. It's difficult to know how much to leave. Well, you see, if, if the bill was 180... Would you tip two pounds? Would you add 20 pence? No. You'd probably try and find some extra money. Yeah. And if, if the bill was, say, £23.80, would you tip more than £25? If the, if the bill was £23.80, would you tip more than £25? Yeah. Uh, or t you mean two pound fifty? Yeah. Would, yeah. Would, would you obviously just... Uh, would, would you just put £25 down and walk out? Oh, I see what you mean. 
yeah, well, this is the thing. It's difficult, isn't it? I think in this country you can get away with it being inexact. I think the print the, there's still a sense in which the, the gesture yeah. of leaving a tip is 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 sort of uh, which is put this way it's something it, between ten and fifteen percent isn't right. it so if you actually got out of a black cab and it was one ninety you wouldn't give him two quid I think it's a bit mean to give less than ten percent as a yeah. tip but why do we tip what what serve explain to me what service we You're get in a taxi see that taxi driver again are you no I never mean... going to see them again also I have to open the door. I have to get myself in there, and I just say, we're going here, and then we drive the other end, and then I get out. What What am I tipping for? I don't know. What, I mean, I can understand you tip when you go to the hairdresser. You think, yeah, that looks really good. Yeah, I like that. I'll tip, and I might come back here again. Cabbies don't say anything if, if you don't tip, though, do they? Really? No. <laughs> the odd you time... watch, they'll be writing in now. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> the odd time, you know, I, I've, got, I've sort of... Perfect example. If I get into a cab, say I was at Waterloo on the South Bank and I wanted to come into Soho, and it ended up being £9.80 and then £10, and then I just want to jump out on Shaftesbury Avenue or something. Mm. If I just then, a few times I've just given the driver a tenner, and it's the exact amount of money, it's exactly what's on the clock, he doesn't have to give me any change, I don't have to root around and try, and they don't seem to mind. That's all right, isn't it? But why do we tip? You see, tipping, I thought, was for good service. But then, I don't call bringing a plate from the kitchen to here good service. I call that doing your job. Yeah. Well, it should be to go, if people have gone above and beyond the call of what, what duty, can be, going What could be over mile? and above, beyond the call of duty, from taking a plate from there and putting it down here? How well, is that over and above? Put it this way, whenever you go to a banquet dinner, and you have all the staff around there who are doing really good, you don't tip them. No, you don't tip them at all. You never tip anybody you when you go them. to a dinner or anything like that. So why would you tip when you go to a restaurant? Well, there's things they can do, aren't there? They could pull your chair up for you. They could unfurl your napkin well, on your They do that lap. at all the banquet Take... dinners. Yeah, you're right. They stand there, they come around the go, and you go, excuse me, could you get me some uh, a Coca-Cola or something like that because I don't drink wine? You might have a particular, yeah. Yeah, a, yeah that's true. And you they can... stand there and they put it in front of you and that. they serve, is that okay? And they would you like a roll? Over the... They're really doing their job, but nobody tips them. And they're just kids on agencies and yes. minimum wages. They yes. don't even get to... I went to one the other day, the Lady Rattlings, and we were at the Royal Garden Hotel, service immaculate, but you don't tip the people there. No. Admittedly, we didn't get the petty falls at the end of a meal, but I'm not making a big issue about that. But you don't tip them, so why would you tip anybody else? It's, you're actually tipping somebody for doing their, their job. It's an interesting, it's a minefield. It is, yeah, it's a minefield. In America, I wonder if another country, think in China they tip, shouldn't think so, and yet in America they do. We'll talk about it in a minute. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Steve Allen. Oh, well, there we go. Sort of was nearly there. Also, we didn't pay the orchestra just for the end bit. Uh, <laughs> 26 minutes to 7. It's early breakfast. Alan in Bromley reckons that the reason people tip is because they want to know that strangers are thinking... What a nice bloke. It's all about self... Yeah, but you're never going to see these people again. No. The whole idea is that, that you tip. You know, it'd be great if they went, oh, I had somebody in the cab who tipped the other day. And they went, who was it? They go, no idea. He just tipped well. You wouldn't tip a, a sweet streeper. A, 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 street a, a sweet streeper? A stri- a What's street one of those? Sweeper. Well, you is wouldn't it? tip a shop assistant. No, you wouldn't. For going but over and above the call of duty. Helping you find various jackets and yes. shoes. And endlessly bringing different things from the from the storeroom, running up and down the stairs. What would happen if you did tip, that? What would happen if you, if you said to a shop assistant, thank you very much indeed, there, there's a pound for your troubles. I wonder if they'd be allowed to keep it. I don't know. Yeah. I got sent, so years and years ago, there was a very nice lady, and, um, and she wrote in, and she said, I love listening to the programme, you've made life a lot easier for me, and she sent me a blank cheque. Really? And she said, fill it in and buy whatever you want for yourself. Well, of course, I couldn't. No. So... 
I took it to my boss, and he said, well, we'll, 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 we'll send it back with a little, a little note saying thank you very much indeed. She was most offended. Really? Most offended that we'd sent the cheque back. <laughs> but you can't accept it. If somebody sends you in a present, yeah. you know, and I've had some nice presents sent in over the years, then that's fine. Yeah. But you can't, you can't accept a blank cheque. No. But it was, it was a lovely thought. A lo- an extraordinary yeah, thought. Yeah, extraordinary. Was she very wealthy? Well, it depends. I wasn't sure how much I could write out of the no. cheque. I just bounce? thought, no, and, and, and would you give it to charity? I don't know. Yeah. Difficult one. That's unusual. Though, it is a very it? difficult one, but it, it comes back to this tipping thing. You tip a barman, you tip a taxi driver for some reason. Yeah. And, and we can't quite work out why you tip a taxi driver. It's not like they're at the low end of the market. No. You know, they're, 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 they're fairly middle. Probably earning as much or more than most of the people they drive around. I would think so. I would think so. I mean, I mean the majority of taxi drivers, I would think they'd have to be earning a minimum of, what, 30,000 a year? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I'd be surprised. I know we'll always get somebody who'll say, don't be so ridiculous, they only earn 12,000 a year. Yeah, but that's what you put through to the tax man. Yeah. Now, incidentally, the tax man is now clamping down on restaurants. Having done builders, he's doing restaurants now, because he reckons that lots of restaurants are fiddling. Really? So they're checking loads of restaurants in the London area just to see who's paying what. That's interesting. In Canada, Colin says the general rule of thumb is 15% of the total bill. Right, 15. before tax and twenty percent of the total of the total bill before tax for exceptional service. If a waiter or a waitress serves you in a buffet style restaurant, the standard is fifteen percent of the total bill. Okay. He said, even though they do a little less work than somebody serving in a full service restaurant. The last time I was living in London, I frequented a pub near I was staying in Bethnal Green, and the staff behind the bar would rarely accept my tips when I bought drinks, even after I explained to them it was just part of the culture where I come from. You see, you wouldn't tip a bar, and what you'd say is. One, one, one for yourself, and they'd go, I'll have 50 pence worth. And they would take 50 pence and put it in their tip jar, but they wouldn't actually accept a tip. Yeah. That's normal culture here. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Anyway, anything else in the paper today? It's one of the nation's best-loved smells. Guess what it is. Oh, I know what it is. It's, uh... Sizzling... Bacon. Cooking sizzling bacon. bacon. Yes. And it's been immortalised into a perfume. As the unisex scent called Bacon was launched this week in two varieties. The classic's got a spicy maple aroma with the meat smell, blended with orange, lime, grapefruit, black pepper and bergamot. Meanwhile, the gold smells of sizzling bacon and is billed as a touch of sweet. So if you want to smell like a, a transport calf... Yeah. Then um, there's a new perfume out for you. You're not going to buy that, are you? Sizzling bacon. Sizzling bacon. I'm not sure if that's how you want to smell. Yeah. I mean, it does smell quite nice in a calf, but I don't know if you've drawn Not on your body. I don't want to sit like next to somebody smelling a bacon. No. <laughs> not very nice, is it? I don't think so. There's a, there's a, I mean, I'm not sure if you're going to be feeling a bit queasy about this. The secret behind our happy marriage. Rich and Judy have stepped back from the limelight, thank God, uh, mainly because the public deserted them. And the reason that they've got a happy marriage is... Lots of sex. Good sex. You feel quite queasy now, don't you, at home? I can imagine so. And uh, here like they Tony talk. And Cherie Blair talking about their sex oh, life, isn't it? Oh dear, so tacky. They say you have to feel very passionately about it. But small wonder their daughters turned out the way she has. You know, like parents, like daughter. I suppose we don't want to know about it. It's really awful. Maybe we should have Kate and Jeremy Can, Richard and Judy, and Tony and Cherie Blair. We'll start talking TV about show it. Talking about their sex life. Yes, yes. I don't think people should. But anyway, they, they've launched their, their book club, and uh, Judy says, "I don't want to go back to TV five days a week." No, but he's desperate to get back onto anything. He's so desperate, he'll crawl over you uh, to get onto television. You know, as they were all there watching their daughter, really attractive girl, dancing on ice. Did you see Stacey Solomon in the Iceland advert last night, says John the cabbie? Yeah, I saw her in the Iceland uh, advert. Was she good? Well, I mean, she's 
she's Stacey. She's, she, you know, it's, it's, your interview with her was very interesting, actually. Yeah. It was very good, that, in conversation. She's obviously pretty. Pretty. Very pretty girl. Sweeter, nicer than you think she would be. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, genuinely nice. Mm. You know, just sort of accepts every day, and I can spot a fraud a mile off. Yep. And uh, genuinely excited, you know, like, for, it was that holiday every day. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about anything at all. I only just bought her first house. Yeah. There's only two of them, and so she fills up the dishwasher at the end of each week. You know, just, just normal. Yeah. Doesn't keep a kosher house. She said, but, you know, she, but I, I believe I'm very proud of my religion mm. and stuff like that. She's just nice. Sweet girl, isn't sweet she? Sweet girl, yeah. sweet girl. And she's with uh, Max Clifford. She is. So she'll earn a lot of money. And uh, Evita says, I've just signed up for your podcast and left you a tip for your great service. <laughs> I bet I don't see it. I bet I don't see it. And uh, Robin says, I'm going to ask my boss for a tip each month for doing my job. I'll let you know how it goes. Yes. And uh, my son works at Nando, Steve. They get no tips because the customers pay at the till before they get their meal. No, that's a good point about Nando's. I don't know what point you would tip. You don't? There's no tip, is it? Could you not you just leave something on the table? You wouldn't tip... You could, yeah. You, you wouldn't tip at McDonald's, would you? Or any of those restaurants? No. Because no. what, what point would you do it? Yes. Take a pound for yourself. No, you wouldn't, would yeah. you? You're right. Yeah. Strangely enough. Uh, love your show in the mornings whilst I'm driving my black taxi around the streets of London. Most cabbies don't expect a tip, but it's insulting when somebody tips you 5p. Be better if they didn't tip at all. Well, that's fair enough. <laughs> yes, I mean, to well, be honest what, with you, 5p is a bit stupid, That's what I say. Isn't I think it? anything less than 10%, I think it's barely worth bothering with. Unless, obviously, it's a huge amount of money. But why case... do we tip taxi drivers? <sighs> Years ago, they used to put your bags in. Now you do it yourself, if you've got bags to take in. Why, why would you tip? I think I it don't is tip what the train driver for taking me home. I think it's what your listener said, actually. It's that sense that they're just a sort of a good bloke and you're giving them a bit extra and you're wishing them a they're good They're making more than nice I day. am. No, I know, but you kind of... <laughs> <laughs> That's the trouble. I could understand it if, they, if we were all on the same sort of level. Yeah. But we're not. Well... What do they think? Do they, it's, I mean, that's one taxi driver, you know, t contacting, saying that he doesn't expect a tip to others. Yeah. I'm not mm. sure. Strangely enough, um, we're going on a US-based cruise and we have given tipping guidelines. $20 for restaurant server, $15 for assistance server, $5 for head server. Oh, strange that. $5 for head server. Room cleaner, $20. This is all very specific. I mean, that's not tipping. That's just a tax. That's, that's a charge. tax. They ask you on cruise ships, would you like us to add the tip on which can be $100 or whatever, or would you like to do it yourself? I always say do it, do it myself and never leave anything. Yeah. I think I'm never going back, so it's not going to make any difference. But that's what they, they rely on. All they're doing is making your bed. Do you leave... I, I always leave change in a hotel room. I've got change left over. Well, we, we, uh, we were staying in a hotel in Turkey when we went on holiday, and the lady that cleaned our room we quite liked. And at the end of the holiday, we left her um, a reasonable amount of money in the room. Yeah. Some guy comes round with a clipboard inspecting the rooms, you know, to check you haven't stolen a, you know, whatever it is. A, and took it. And took the money. So we went to the front desk and said, you know, we left that money for the for the cleaner, not the guy with a clipboard. And he obviously goes around hoovering up the tips before the cleaners get a chance to take the money that was left for them. Cleaners, lowest of the low, I'm afraid. Yeah. Mary, happy birthday for today. She's going to be in the shower. Hello! There you go. <laughs> and Mary's celebrating her birthday. And uh, last year we did it, but of course she fell asleep again. Well, I can't help this, Mary, for goodness sake, woman. A year older, slightly deafer, I should imagine. But uh, many happy returns from uh, hubby Steve and uh, from everybody else. And Ollie says, when I had my hair done at a posh salon inside the Paris Hilton, the owner of the salon came to inspect my roots as the tint was being applied, nodded, and he continued, when I paid at the desk, they'd added 20%... Uh, for the inspection made by the woman who owns the salon. 
Actually, TIP stands for to ensure promptness. How does that apply to taxi drivers? I'm not sure. I still, you know, I don't mind tipping. It doesn't bother me. I'm just curious to know why we tip. I think it's cheeky in posh hair salons when they um, ask you if you want a tea or coffee and then they charge you for it. At the end, they add it to the bill. Yeah. I think they should give you free drinks in in, um, hair salons. Yes, I I think so. I think it should all be free. Yeah. Everything. Tint, heck, everything should all be free. Free (laughs) today, ladies and gentlemen. Free today. I mentioned the sorcery yesterday for, uh, for Mark and the Chapel End Savoy players. I'll give their box office out again. Uh, or their, their website, and uh, this one is... He says it's going to boost my ticket sales. No end, you mentioning it. So they start with Gilbert and Sullivan's The Sorcerer. And I think it's a Wednesday night preview performance, all tickets, six quid. And uh, if you go to their website, which is cesp.org.uk, which is the Chapel and Savoy players, cesp.org.uk. All right. £7 billion boost to this country is one in three Britons holiday in the UK. So actually, quite a lot of us, one in three of us, aren't going to have to worry about this in America or any other country about tipping. We can stick to our own tipping guidelines because so many of us are going to stay here. A seven-day stay in the UK, a staycation as they call it, costs £433 on average. Holidaying abroad for seven days, £1,427 on average. A lot of us are going to stay here. Um, yes, that's true. The trouble is most people don't holiday here. I mean, we, we live in London. Have you ever thought of a holiday in London? Just to have a few days off and potter yeah. around and go and see things. I have done that a bit before. Yeah. Just ha- it's quite nice to have a few days off and just change your routine. And I quite like London doing sites. it occasionally, like yeah. getting on the bus, one of those Routemaster buses yeah, that nice. goes from uh, Trafalgar Square all the way down to Tower of London. There are so many That's wonderful, lovely. interesting things here. I mean, it's nice, especially with little kids or with friends or whatever, you know, I mean, there's, whether you want to go out to Hampton Court or go up to the O2 or to go along the river. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot to do in London. You yes. can see why people come here and have a great holiday from other countries. Yes. And you quite often just don't get the time to enjoy London, do you, when you're rushing about? The only thing bad about London is our food. It's blooming atrocious. It really is. Cheap, substandard rubbish. A lot of rubbish about. A lot of rubbish food. And mainly for the tourists, they go back and go, somebody goes, what was English food like? And they go, ugh. Which is exactly right. And we think that, and we live here. It's awful. Some of the places round Trafalgar Square, round Trafalgar Square, round Leicester Square, ghastly. Terrible stuff. Ghastly places and overpriced. You know, it must be cheaper places to go to. Quarter to seven. Morning, every Nick and the team with you from seven o'clock this morning on LBC 97.3. Give you a rundown in, uh, in one second. What else, Jonathan, do we have? Well, on page five of The Sun, there's two stories about um, scroungers. We've got gypsy gangsters from Romania coming here to pocket huge amounts of benefits. And we've got a Doing cripple, quite well, I think. Doing quite well, making quite a lot of money out of that, these four. And then we've got crippled cheats fought with ten cops. A benefits cheat who claimed he could only walk with a stick was caught on camera taking on ten cops during a drug-fuelled rampage. Muscle-bound scrounger, this guy, who claimed more than £21,000 in disability benefits, was filmed running through a town high on booze and cocaine. So, you know, far from being disabled, there he was, high on drugs, spending his benefits and taking Don't on they the check? Place. I mean, if, well, if, if I go into the benefits office today isn't it? and I go, uh, I can barely walk, um, can I get some money? Is it that simple? Because it seems to me there's all these people claiming all these disabilities, which they do not have, and yet people with genuine disabilities can't get out to fill in the benefit forms. What was the percentage of dis- so supposedly disabled people in Scotland? I mean, it was, some- it was absolutely astronomical. Yes. This percentage of people who were on disability benefit. Three generations of people who are supposedly disabled. And they weren't. No. Because apparently it's, it's very difficult to prove. Well, I think you just have to <coughs> send the inspectors out. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, dear. Barbara Want is looking at the uh, papers this morning with Nick Ferrari. Uh, plus, he'll be talking about uh, Nick Clegg's right to call for an elected House of Lords. 
And uh, is it ever right to do a deal with the unions? Joe Phillips, former press secretary to Paddy Ashdown, will be with Nick this morning. And uh, he'll also be talking uh, to Bob Crow, attempting to wrangle extra payment for his members during the Olympics. I said it would happen. I said, I guarantee Bob Crow would do something. He wants an extra £500 for each member for the Olympic. Why? What, for doing their job? For doing, you know, they'll sack the lot of them. <coughs> Bring in all the Polish workers. Bob Crow on his £130,000 a year. <coughs> exactly. They're all there, aren't they? They're all there doing it. 84850, uk. Imogen has said... She will, well, on the front of the Daily Star, so take it with a very, very large pinch of salt. She'll name her premiership lover and go to jail. Although when you read it carefully, she said, I, you know, I feel like I should. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit silly, really, because everybody knows who he is, but we won't name him. And, um, and she's, the, uh, she's the blackmailer as on the front of all the papers yesterday. It depends if you believe it. She's already happy to turn up on television and talk about the fact that she had a fling with him. Mm. To be honest with you, I'd, you'd keep it quiet, wouldn't you, really? I just don't know why... Why people, these people now sleep with somebody and want to talk about it. <clears throat> what have happened to discretion? It's an income, I suppose, isn't it? Coffee is a killer cop. Men who drink <coughs> lots of coffee dramatically cut their risk of prostate cancer. Good. A study has shown. Well, so they say. Six or more cups a day, mm. 20% reduced risk of getting any form of the disease. Should you drink six or more cups a day? Well, d- uh, you won't get prostate cancer, but you will get lots of other unpleasant side oh, effects. Oh, Lord, honestly, this ageing process. Yeah. Horrible, isn't it, really? Horrible, isn't it, Do you think really? you go to that... St- I mean, I have to ask other older people, but you get to that stage in your life where one minute you're healthy, and then the next day, all of a sudden, it just... Everything drops away. <sighs> it's a slippery slope. It is, isn't it? A long... Is it, or or is, it, is it a slow slide into old age? I think if you're lucky, it's a slow slide, isn't oh, it? Please, God, it's a slow slide. Yeah. I think I can do the fast thing at all. Then there was the brawl at the West Ham end-of-season party... And this is where it kicked off because somebody asked for a, an autograph from one of the footballers and he was drunk and then he smashed a glass on the table and uh, it all went out of hand. And as David Sullivan said, uh, it was one individual who had too much to drink, sadly a problem in British society. A player was racially abused by the same drunken supporter. Sadly, one drunken supporter let the club down. It's always the same, and David's absolutely right. It's drunkenness in the society which has got us into the state we're in now. Every time you read about something ghastly in the paper... Alcohol is behind it. Well, it's endemic, isn't it, in our yeah. culture? Alcohol. You don't seem to find it in France. Not to the same degree. No, because they, they, they are taught how to drink properly from an early age. Yeah. Makes it sound dreadful, doesn't it, really? Well, we binge drink, don't we? We do. We know why, because we had such stupid, archaic laws. Yeah. You know, 11 o'clock, last orders. Immediately, everybody used to rush to the bar. Quick, get that last drink yeah, in. Last round, so you last can throw orders. it down in 20 minutes. Yeah. I was in a pub around the corner here years and years ago, and they served last orders, so we, we got the drink, and we're sitting down there, and you just want to chat. The next minute, they start, you know, flashing the lights and putting the chairs up on the tables and everything else. The pub's closed since then, of course, I'm delighted to report. <laughs> the Sun has found the, um, the lovers and the ex-girlfriends of this maniac, Dayan Dianov, who beheaded a British grand in Tenerife. This very unpleasant, psychopathic man that followed this poor woman as she cried for help, as she begged for somebody to help her, that this guy was following her, left, went into the supermarket, and in he came and and beheaded her. And so there's various ex-girlfriends coming out now, and pictures of him looking absolutely insane, holding knives, uh, his jealous rages, and so on. 
<clears throat> it is extraordinary, isn't it, that we have these people in our midst? Just... There's no, there's no. He'd only, but he just apparently there was a warrant out for him, right? Because he'd been released from a mental institution. But we did the same here. Yeah. The government just sort of closed down places, and all of a sudden there were people with mental illnesses out on the street in the community. Nobody doing anything for them at all. And until they do something, they can't get. Um, they won't be put back into yeah. secure accommodation. Exactly. And then when they do, I mean, you, you do see people who've got mental illnesses, you know, been sectioned or something like that, and they're just wandering about, and nobody's dealing with them at all. And it's, it's, it's a bit of a worry. They don't seem to have the money. Peter Andre is furious. Furious? Furious. Oh, what's he furious about? Apparently, his, uh, his ex, Jordan, I wish you'd shut up, Peter, you're sounding like a very tired old gramophone, and Maddie Ford who was a, a page three girly who sold a story on him because they had a bit of a fling. Right. A bit stupid of Pete, but there you go. And apparently Jordan and Maddie are now really close friends. Jordan's taken Maddie into her close circle of friends. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. So, don't worry, Maddie. You won't be there long, sweet pea, OK? Because she keeps me in and she kicks him out. Jordan's still out at a nightclub. A little bit old and haggard for that kind of thing. But there you go. You know, it's nice for her to go somewhere. I'd have thought Saga holidays would be better for Jordan, but uh, <laughs> you don't want to be rude about the whole thing for her. And, uh, and we're still giving money to, to foreign countries giving money away all over the place, aren't we? Huge amounts of money to foreign countries. Why do we do that? What's behind that? Why do we... Is it so that we can exert some sort of political or economic control over those countries? It doesn't seem to work. No. But we give hundreds of millions of pounds a year, don't we, to yeah. various countries around the world? We just made a sort of a, a loan, haven't we, to Portugal, four and a half billion. Yeah. We've given money to Ireland... It's just ridiculous. Why, somebody give us some money. Meanwhile, we've got people living in extraordinary conditions in this country. Mm. I mean, Christo, I woke up overnight, and he was talking about, he was doing a, people were talking about sort of overcrowding and Tower Hamlets and some of those mm. London boroughs. People waiting for their council flats, ten people living in two-bedroom flats. Yeah. I mean, that's the sort of thing that needs to be sorted out first. It is quite ridiculous, although there is a, a piece of saving grace. Sandra Parsons has a lovely photograph of Jane Fonda at 73 at Cannes. Please, God, we can all look as good as that. Doesn't she look fantastic? She looks fantastic. All right, I'm quite sure she's had some work done, but whatever it is, she looks amazing. Amazing. Quite amazing. And there was another story, I think Jane Moore, have you got the, the sun there? Have you got Jane Moore's column? Because Jane Moore made a, a pertinent comment in her column, and I can't remember what the heck it was now. It, whatever it was, I remember reading it and going, you're so right, you're so right. It might have been, I think it was uh, here... X Factor fans are all over Twitter in the in the panto world of Twitter and other social networks about Danny Minogue, yeah. and they've all said in a rallying cry to people power, they say they will never watch the show again. Jay Moore goes all together now. Yes, they will, <laughs> which is quite true. Thank you very much indeed, Jonathan. Thank you very much indeed. Jonathan will be back with us next week at the same time. It's going to be an overcast day today. It's not that exciting. We still never got to the uh, to the uh, the root problem of tipping. You know, why we tip certain people and why we don't tip other people. It's supposed to be for service. But there's loads of people who give you service, but you don't, you don't tip for some strange reason. Anyway, don't forget to podcast the programme later on. Read the blog and uh, do all the usual exciting little things, which you can. Nick and the team will be with you after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. Thank you for your company this morning. 